Welcome to the Just Music Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jalen. And I'm your other host, Marco. And <clears throat> this guy, uh, it's very cool to have him on the show. This guest that we have as he is a recording artist, he's a trumpet player, he's a DJ. Uh, he also uh, performed at our very first uh, Boiler Room back in July. Uh, Tommy Tangi, how you doing, man? Doing great, doing great. Greetings from Key West. Awesome, awesome. So, um, thank you, man, for coming on the show. And a big thank you for, you know, helping us with the Boiler Room, performing at the Boiler Room. Um, talk a little bit about that. Like, what was that experience like for you? I had no idea what to expect, honestly. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, obviously Jerry feels good was the one who introduced me to everyone and, and, and the scene. And, uh, he said, look, this event's going on. Um, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be a boiler room event. Everyone's going to be surrounding us and surrounding you. Um, you know, do you want to be a part of it? You're going to be here in town. I think that you should, that you should come out. You know, it's going to be a better, one of the better events, uh, happening the week that I was in Charleston and it was awesome. Um, I mean, one, I met so many great DJs. Two is the the crowd was was great too. Super responsive. Um, the energy when I first walked in, I, I almost got stage fright, <laughs> which you know doesn't happen too much for uh, for people who perform all the time. But I, I felt like I felt the energy in the room. I was like, wow, okay, there's gonna be there's people like you know right up in your face watching you do your thing. So. Um, I was really happy. I, I got a really nice response that day, and, uh, and it was a lot of fun, to be honest. Yeah, Marco, um, he was a driving force in putting together that, that boiler room, really all of the boiler rooms that we've done. Uh, he can expand a little bit more on that. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, seeing you perform, play your trumpet alongside Jerry Feels Good, uh, DJ, that was an interesting and really cool sight to see. Cause I've never, I've never seen uh, something like that before. And I'm a horn player myself. I play trombone. So it was really cool to see that. It was really cool. To see cool. That. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, course. I started playing with, um, man, I guess, I don't know the very first time I like played with a DJ on trumpet, but um, I lived in Europe for a long time in, in Prague, Czech Republic. And um, from like 2007 to 2014, and uh, I was in a couple different bands. I was always playing playing trumpet with with groups. And then afterwards, you know, the bands would end around midnight, my my gigs or whatever. And um, I would head to the club and see my DJ friends and just end up playing trumpet with them until maybe four in the morning. You know, when mm -hmm. after, <laughs> after clubs would clubs would stay open a little different uh, in Europe a little later. So. Usually the DJ sets would just get going at, at, at midnight or one and, 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 you know, it would get pretty hot around three o'clock when the rest of the bars were closing, going into club time. Um, and that was a cool experience. A lot of those DJs uh, were playing vinyl still back in, in those days. Um, so it got interesting with the pitch, like when they would change the pitch and we would always talk about like once they're done beat matching and bringing in the new track, like bring it down because the the whole record would be like off a little bit tuning wise if it was slower or faster. Um, and then, you know, some guys would be using CDJs, but a lot, of, a lot of vinyl when I was there. And, um, 
that was kind of the inspiration too for me to start getting behind the decks myself a little bit later because um well i'm talking a bunch of years later once really the pandemic started that's when i realized i could have a solo act you know and the technology had come so far from even what djing was in 2010 like <laughs> it's a different world now like as far as the technology is, is crazy even every day um but just the scene in general and um kind of understanding that job and and uh realizing like how i can combine you know djing and trumpet together with me mixing um mixing myself as opposed to just relying on having a band members all the time i'm sure you understand as a as a horn player like you know one unless it's my band i have to call at least three people just to make my gig sound good you know and if it's another band calling me the horn player you're you're, you're down on the totem pole as far as um finances might be you know if, if there's enough money for you you get the call if there's not enough money <laughs> you might not get that call and uh, that's hard for horn players to survive. So that's when I really started to get in the mix, started talking to my old DJ friends about vinyl, about digital, and uh, figuring out how I could also, you know, um, get involved. I didn't realize that it would open up a lot of doors. Mm -hmm. uh, DJing opened up a lot of doors for me that trumpet could not. And trumpet opens up a lot of doors um, continually that, that DJing cannot. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean. Oh, that that's it. It just it it, it kind of it, it kind of surprised me um, how well the two worked together for for the goal I, I had in mind, the bigger vision I had in mind. Right. No, yeah, and and I think what you hit on, um, you know, I, I believe everybody sitting on this on this call can say, you know, as a musician or somebody working in music. Um, having options available to you is everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, you got to have options and you got to, you know, consistently put your name out there and be ready, stay ready. Um, and, you know, as a horn player, um, I have yet to do a gig, a performance uh, where I'm playing my horn um, because every, every performance that I've done playing my horn has been, uh, when I was in school. So like I, I started playing trombone when I was four years old, middle school. I was on right. the band. I did marching band in high school, did concert band, did uh pet band and orchestra in college. And since then, um haven't found or haven't had the opportunity to really perform uh, as a horn player. Well, that's actually gonna change very, very soon um in the in the coming months. So that's the good thing about it. So it's I wanna see I wanna see you and Marco throw down together a set. Hey, yeah, that would be that would be really <laughs> dope. That'd be really dope. We'll have, to, we'll have to get creative with it. But um yeah, like that's definitely like being a horn player and getting gigs, it's not as easy as being a pianist or a keyboardist and getting gigs or being a bass player or a guitarist or even a DJ. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you on that one for sure. It's definitely a tough challenge for horn players, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. You just gotta have options, you know, gotta be consistent and, you know, just make the most of the opportunities that are available to you and go create some new ones. So I, yeah, I completely agree. 
Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate that I live in a place. Um, I live in Key West now. I grew up in I grew up in New Jersey outside of Philadelphia, and then I lived in Philadelphia for my like adult life, where I went to college, met like musically. Um, Philadelphia and, and, and New Jersey have so many good musicians in that area. Then I moved to Europe, like as I said, and I met a guitar player there, a reggae um, reggae musician by the name of Turner Harrison. And um, I eventually moved back to, to Philadelphia. My friend from, from the U.S., Turner, he moved to Key West and invited me to, to visit him, you know, multiple times. And he, he actually didn't invite me to, to visit him. He invited me to move to Key West. And I <laughs> was like, dude, that's crazy. I'm from a big city. Why would I move to this island in Florida that I never really heard of? What are you talking about? <laughs> right. so, uh, it was kind of like a mystery for me. But I, you know, nonetheless, I went to visit him just um, to take a little vacation. And I was blown away by the uh, by the Key West atmosphere and how much live music there is every single night. Um, it's a big tourist town. So people are, you know, coming from all over the country and world and they need entertainment. So I was playing, uh, you know, lots of trumpet in bands too. And, um, and here and, and, and booking myself. And then once I got serious about DJing and put the time in, now I'm just, uh, super fortunate to live in a place where work is of a so abundant you know um i feel like i feel like charleston is maybe similar um not as many tourists but people still like to go out there's a big scene there's a lot of young people um i feel like charleston has a bit of a more of original original music happening and and newer things happening key west is still kind of um covers and and sing-alongs in a way you know yeah 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 um after i say this i'm gonna let marco go um um but yeah i would say in charleston uh the music scene here has definitely grown a lot um i mean the music scene here was always like there it was always prevalent but like from my time being at college of charleston back in 2017 to now it's grown so much there's so much talent here and, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for, you know, cover gigs, cover songs, cover bands, and a lot of opportunities for DJs. Um, Marco can expand on that, too. I don't think I've ever seen more of a growing and a fast-growing house EDM scene, techno scene. I, I, or I've just, I've never seen anything like it. Like, to see some of the bars and clubs here that have the DJs come and, and, and uh, perform and do their set. And then also for there to be like a, a EDM festival that that, w- that was founded, I want to say that was two years ago, High Tide Festival. Marco performed at that Hi. festival uh, this past summer. And I attended that this year and I was like, wow, there's really a scene for this. Like it's, it's in, in Charleston, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you right. think of like house and EDM music, people always think of like those big party cities like Miami or LA or some of those other major cities. But Charleston um, is just a small city um, with a lot of culture, a lot of really cool things to do, a lot of people, a lot of good music. And it's really cool to see 
how it's grown over the years and how it's going to continue to grow. So, I mean, I also really felt um, the community like in Charleston, as far as the DJs, I, I met so many DJs and a lot of collaboration opportunities. I don't know if it was just the, um, the way we organized it or the gigs that, that we had set up, but um, that, that's one thing I really, really enjoyed that I tried to bring, you know, bring back to, to actually to Key West was, more collaboration sets, you know, um, multiple DJs on one, on one set. It really adds such a difference in atmosphere, new music, new skills being shared. Um, even from an audience perspective, they really, they look at you like now you're a group, you know, when you're up there by yourself in the club, like, and certain people don't like the music or don't get the vibe or want, a song from the eighties. This person wants a booty shaking song. This person wants house music. Yeah. They're all confused, you know, instead of just relaxing when they see two DJs up there or three, they think that they realize something's going on. I can just relax and dance, which is what they should be doing anyway. <laughs> and the DJs, you know, can, can play new music, learn new skills, improve the show. And also, and also relax because you have a team with you now, you right. know, instead of just you being up there by yourself for three to possible five hours, <laughs> you know, it's an intimidating feeling. Yeah. Marco, did you want to go or? Yeah. I just want to ask, so how did you end up uh, coming up into Charleston from Key West? Uh, how did that come about? So, okay. <laughs> it's funny because I've been to Charleston before. I, I had been on like a little road trip once. I mean, in, in 2015 for like one night, you know, and it was it's a beautiful city. So it's, it's easy to like fall in love there a little bit with uh, the area. Mm. And I went back again, probably in like, man, 2020, um, just to visit another friend. Like I, it was really vacation, you know? And, um, it's, I would, I was taking road trips from like 2020 till like now, like a couple summers, I would road trip up to Philly and Boston, um, New Jersey, visit family, friends, and then road trip back. So I'll try to keep it concise and not too weird and long. I was on a, a tour with a guy named Joe Samba, a reggae artist who used to live in Key West. We had gigs in Massachusetts. His tour manager and best friend is a guy named Liam Becker. And Liam lives in Folly Beach. He works for um, Levity. They make a uh, cannabis alcohol-free drink. And he works for a uh, honey company called Apis Mercantile. Anyway, he invited me to, to Charleston and said, hey, when you drive back from this tour up north, come through Charleston. And I was like, you know, man, I want to. But here's the thing is it's expensive. Kind of, you know, to go on a road trip. Two, it's far from 95. So when I'm driving, I got to go another hour out of the way. And he's like, look, man, I live in Folly Beach. It's beautiful. You've probably never been there. You've been to other places in Charleston. Come visit me. Stay with me. You have a place to stay. So I went and it was awesome. I found shark teeth. I fell in love with Charleston. I said, this is going to be the place where I come to vacation. Like, to relax, you know, like I just want to go and enjoy myself. No one knows me. I'm just there to hang out. Okay. 
So I went again. <laughs> I went multiple times. Uh, and the last time was last year with, during Hurricane Ian. And the hurricane was hitting Florida. And I was driving back to Florida. So all of my friends were like, don't come to Key West right now. Like, there's literally going to be a hurricane hitting and you don't want any parts of it. Like, really just stay away. You know, it's, it's better for your safety. I was like, all right, well, here I am in Charleston for like what turned out to be a week. You know, it was supposed to be a night or two of sitting on the beach. So after like three days, I, I started to get antsy. Um, I went over to Bounty Bar. I met some great musicians uh, who we know now. Corey was there, bass player, and um, and Nick Brewer was there on, on the keys. Um, and then the next day, my my friend Liam, he he texted Tyler actually, Tyler Golden, and said, "Hey, there's a trumpet player in town, DJ in town. He's looking to spin. He's looking to play like anything." And Tyler was like, "Ah, I don't really have much for you, but um." Call up this guy named Jerry Feelsgood. He's playing at the, um, what's it called? The Republican? Oh, Republic. Republic. Yeah, the Republic. And um, no, it wasn't there. Was that the, Continent- the Continental? Maybe. The old jazz club turned into... Uh, oh, the Commodore. Commodore. Oh, yeah. That's where it was. That's the Commodore. Yeah. So he says, Jerry, he says, Jerry feels good as playing at the Commodore. Go and meet him. I'm like, this sounds like a setup. Like, I don't even know what can happen now. Like, I don't even know. Who, I don't know who Jerry is. He doesn't know who I am. I bring my trumpet. He's a DJ. Like, <laughs> we didn't even really talk that much before. He just, I just said to him, I was like, I'm going to listen. Like, when I got to the Commodore, I was like, all right, here I am. I was like, I'm going to listen. I'm not going to play too much. But when I play, it's going to be good. I promise. And Jerry, Jerry was like, yeah, all right. If you, if you suck, it's only embarrassing to you, you know, not to, not to me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's fair. And uh, we didn't suck, though. We, we, really, we really, really had a good night. Um, people were dancing immediately. Jerry's music was, like, really on, on fire. Um, I played some really nice trumpet solos, and we just bonded. Um, I also met Devin Meek that night, a photographer and, and – um, he just took some great pictures of me also. Um, so yeah, that, that experience alone, like we ended up hanging out till four in the morning. We became best buds. Jerry told me it was his, like, you know, one of his dreams to DJ in Key West, you know? And I was like, man, say less. I can make that happen. Like tomorrow, mm-hmm. come down. And that's kind of what happened. So as soon as I got back, I mean, Jerry was hitting me up immediately. Like, I want to come to Key West. I want to come to Key West. And I'm like, great. So we made that happen for him like maybe three times. Um, and it was winter. So I wasn't eager to like run back to Charleston because, uh, um, you know, the weather in Key West at that time of year is nice. So then uh, summer started to come. It gets hot in the Keys. I called Jerry and he told me like, you know, if you come the last weekend of July, we got a beach party. Um we got the Boiler Room event. We played also at the Palace Hotel, which was really cool. And um, I think one or two more that I'm forgetting. But he set, he set me up with a string of nice gigs, um, including, including yours. And, uh, and it was great. I, I was hooked. I, I'm, I'm already talking about the second and third time I'm going to come back to Charleston. <laughs> so, 
looking forward to looking forward to that. Ladies and gentlemen, wow. that is how you uh, really market yourself and get yourself out there as a musician. Because um, you're not even from Charleston, and like you've probably the time that you the times that you have come to Charleston, you've probably gotten more gigs here in Charleston than like musicians who you know don't put themselves out there and they're from this city so like that's that's really cool to see like you're making those connections and just 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 making it happen you know what i'm saying like marco and i we talk about a long time coming you know yeah 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 Yeah, no i I mean no 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 like 10 years ago man i was like less than paycheck to paycheck not Mm -hmm. being able to travel not being able to to tour so yeah, I definitely some hard times too, you know. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, I think we all can speak to that. You know, there's growth in the slow. Uh, that's what uh, yeah. it says, you know. Um, and you know, you got to be consistent. And, I mean, Marco said this on our last episode. You know, we've been doing the podcast for about three years now, and um, we really didn't start making money with the podcast until this year. So we started in 2020. And we're this year, 2023, we're just now starting to see money come in. And, you know, we're just, we're growing. I mean, we've always, we've grown each year, but we've seen even more growth and success this year. And that, and a lot of that is due to, you know, our consistency, you know, us, our faith, our, us believing in each other. And then also just get, getting around the right people, making those connections. Like Jerry feels good. I mean, shout out to him. He, he would, he played a role in helping us putting that get putting together our very first boiler room. We've had him on the show uh, with Strawberry Squad, and you know everything comes full circle, man. Everything comes full circle. Yeah, that's what that's why it's really important too. That you know all all the all the greats they have their list of things, and they all say surround yourself with like minded people, mm-hmm. and that's when the growth. Uh, can start with like you know you have to make choices on your own it's your choice to to do certain things and then once you do that and you have a core group of people who have a similar similar goals similar mission in life and um, similar cause that's when you can grow with a community you know mm-hmm. and um, a lot of these things really didn't all kind of line up until the last couple of years for me um, something between living in Philly living in Europe, going back to Philly, having opportunities to travel to other places. It's like, I, I, I never could have connected these dots. If you told me that I was going to be born in New Jersey and then live here now, like I would have never connected how these dots work. But, you know, getting older a bit, now I, I have a nice kind of team up the East Coast. Um, well, I have my community in Key West, mm-hmm. now forming in Charleston. I'm from Jersey and Philly, so I always have my friends there. And a little bit farther north, I have a little bit of community in uh, in, in New York starting and, and even in the Massachusetts area. So I'm hoping that, you know, sooner than later, it's like I can build maybe a tour with this. Yeah. You know, and it's also about introducing other friends. So exactly. I introduce Jerry to people down here. They introduce him. It takes him to somewhere else. It takes me somewhere else. I meet you guys and, you know, down the line, uh, we're still young enough. Like I'm, I'm a lifer, like in, in, in this game, I've been playing trumpet since I was nine. Like I'm a lifer in this music game and 
you all probably are too. So in the next five years, like, you, you know, you're going to grow. I'm going to grow. We're all going to meet bigger people on bigger levels and, uh, and get there. I think, I, I think the big thing with a lot of good musicians and good DJs is that they don't really hang on long enough to see the success because it's so hard to hang on when you're not having that and grinding. And like you said, we've probably all been through that. And if you haven't been through that as a musician or a DJ, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> like there, there is some, there's so hard, it's hard, 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 hard work. So I think I've just now, I have a lot of room to grow. I feel like I had put myself in the right place at the right time. And I don't always know how, but, um, there's lots of room for me to grow, and now I can see that potential, you know, and, and, and follow it. Yeah, man. And so you you said a lot of great things there, and, you know, I think the possibility of touring is definitely real. I think you you can definitely achieve that. And um, so you, you mentioned how, you know, you really started DJing during the pandemic, been playing the trumpet since you were nine years old. So I guess when in your mind or you know, when and where were you where, you know, you said to yourself, music is what I'm going to do. Like, this is just, this is it for me. This is. This uh, is I, yeah. I, I was young when that, I was young when that happened. Yeah. Um, I changed my mind on that multiple times because I couldn't handle it. You know, I was just too poor or just getting to an age where I was like, I need money um, and had jobs. I mean, I worked in restaurants. I worked in a, in a medical cannabis dispensary that was like, kind of even a, a corporate job, you know, mm. before that I was working bartending. I was teaching English abroad for a while. And I was a music teacher even too in the U S um, which is still music, but right. it's a different thing now. So I don't know. I think in middle school, high school, I, I already knew I wasn't going to class. I was going to the band room every day. Mm. I was kind of like the problem kind of being a problem as far as school mm. went. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, once I, I went to college to University of the Arts in Philadelphia for music. So I had, you know, proper training there and met a lot of good musicians. And when I came out, the goal was to be a trumpet player, a commercial trumpet player, you know, maybe in the theater, a little bit of recording, a little bit of um, theater work, a little bit of improvisation. And uh, playing in cover bands, wedding bands, that kind of thing. Um, I kind of saw the artist bigger picture. Like for, for once I moved to Europe and started making beats, a friend of mine introduced me, a, a DJ friend. Like I said, I, I started hanging with a lot of DJs when I lived there. So a DJ friend then introduced me to Ableton, probably in like 2012, you know. And that kind of opened up the doors for me as far as like a vision of, okay, we want to be a producer. You know, we want to make new music, original music, play trumpet. I was already with DJs. I mean, I couldn't afford, I have a, a nice record collection now, a humble one. But at that time, like I couldn't afford two techniques, especially living on a European salary. Like that was, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, and also being a, a trumpet player at a, at a good level, honestly, it held me back from learning new skills because a lot of times people didn't welcome 
me to DJ or play drums or play piano. It was like, whoa, you play trumpet like that? Go play trumpet. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck it. Okay, I will. You know, and, and maybe right. I really just to like, like I, I can play drums a little bit, you know, and um, mm-hmm. I can get on the decks a little bit and mess around. But it wasn't right. like, it wasn't really um, taken seriously by anyone and including myself, really, like I, I would put a little time into this stuff, but I, I wasn't really taking it mm. you know, serious. I would just mess around with with my roommates' records at night and scratch a little bit and like try to just just goof off. But once I started producing, playing trumpet, and then like I said during the pandemic, I was like, you know what? There's skills that I'm missing on the decks, mm. like you know that I can really learn. Like I'm smart enough to put this together. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I had the experience and the friends. It's like, I can do this. So, um, things opened back up in Key West kind of quickly. I had some gear, digital gear. We're only talking really a few years ago, realistically, um, coming up on like maybe three and a half, four years. And that's when I started to get, uh, I had a pool gig and I said, that's it. I'm going to learn. I'm going to make this my home, you know? Mm-hmm. And then from there, I just got like, you know, learn skills from new people. Um, another DJ who was new to Key West at the time had seen me and he was like, all right, here we go. We're going in the club. You're learning how to mix top 40 pop music, beat match, come out during the, co- you know, chorus, verse, chorus, out, new song, like quick mixing. Like, yeah. And he showed me that skill, DJ Mal, thank you, um, of how to really represent like quick in a club so that you can have a job. You know what I mean? He was like, this is the job. And I was like, cool. So I got that. And um, then I kept the vision of trumpet, groovy house music, cool down tempo music, hip hop, playing solos, combine the two, release an album, you know, putting it all, put it all together. And now you got the title. You're a trumpet player. You DJ gigs. You have original music. You're a recording artist. Let's, let's build. This is the vision. There's a foundation. Now I just have to dedicate myself to building that up, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I mean, Tommy, I, I believe you're an inspiration, man. You're definitely doing it. You're making it happen. And there's going to be people that come behind you, trumpet players, DJs, recording artists alike, that are going to look at you as a blueprint. So I, I, I commend you. Thank you for coming on the show, man. We really do appreciate your time. Thank you for saying that. I don't always think of myself <laughs> in that way. So I, I, mm-hmm. I appreciate everybody, it. Everybody, you know, when you are committed to your dream and you are being consistent and you're standing strong in what you believe in, you're inspiring somebody. Somebody's watching. It could be somebody that you've never talked to, but they, they're always like consistently looking at what you got going on. So, yeah, man. Um, Real brief, I know you also put out some new music. Um, we're going to leave a link to uh, your music in the description of this episode because uh, you sent us a few projects that you put out. What's the one project that you really want people to go listen to? Well, I have my original music, uh, mm-hmm. Tommy Tangy, the album. It's a six-track EP mm-hmm. called New in Town. Um, and that's going to be like... Kind of like uh, the goal for that was to make like lo-fi 90s hip hop beats with lots of layered trumpet. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of has that sound. So I would I would be so happy if you all would listen to that. 
Yeah. And I have another EP out with um, Natasha Kitty Cat. She's on Glitterbox uh, Records, and she has her own label called Ghetto Records, a uh, UK artist. Um, and we've got two uh, house tracks out together and a third one coming out, I believe, this spring. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We're going to leave a link to the description. Of t- we're going to leave a link to those uh, music projects of yours in the description of this episode um, to the fans and listeners of Just Music. Thank you all for always supporting us, continuing to tune in. We are almost at 4,000 downloads. I was wow. looking at the numbers. Yeah, I was looking at the numbers the other day and um, we're at like 3,739. I believe that's the, the number, but it's, it's 3,700 for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, we, thank you, man. We got a few more episodes to put out this month before we go on a uh, little break. Um, and then we'll be back in November. Uh, boiler Room, new Boiler Room coming in October. So stay on the lookout for that. We will we will update y'all on when that will happen. And uh, y'all continue to follow Marco as with his DJ career. Go stream and listen to all his mashups. Uh, y'all continue to follow me as my, with my music career. Uh, my band, the JP Band, we're got we're gonna have some gigs, some shows coming up very very soon. And uh, go stream my beat tape, the resume. Uh, we'll leave a link to all of this in the description of this episode. Follow us on social media at JUS Music Podcast. That's Instagram and Facebook. And we're also going to leave a link to Tommy Tangi's social media in the description of this episode. And yeah, anybody got one more quick thing before we close off? We sign off. Thank you guys for having me. Of course, man. Thank you. You're always welcome back to all of our guests that. Cool. I'll be back. Thank you all so much. And until next time, stay tuned.